the summer of 08, Rachel and I had uh, been at Antigua, Texas for about six or seven months, and a, uh, a man was visiting our church. I was the preacher there, and Rachel was a preacher's wife. Not the preacher's wife, but she was married to a preacher. And that comes with its own hiccups. Uh, one of which is um, that at the age of 23, she had to stand in the foyer and have visitors talk to her sometimes. And one, she was pregnant. Let's get there. That Rachel was pregnant with Clara. And uh, good and pregnant with Clara. Like, we were eight months in at this point. And the... At one point, at this point in time, a, uh, a woman came up to Rachel in Walmart and said, when are you due? And Rachel was like, yesterday. <laughs> and the woman said, enjoy it while they're in there because it's awful once they get out. <laughs> and we had, so we had, we just went, when you're pregnant, people feel like they can say anything to you. Full-grown adult strangers will walk up and touch you. Just, what's going on in there? I'm making a human. Thanks for checking. But in church, we had a visitor. And he walked up to Rachel. She was wearing flip-flops in the mid of summer, pregnant. And I don't know if you remember the 08 summer, but it was awful. And... He goes, your husband won't buy you proper shoes. (laughs) Now, at this man's funeral, we had a, just a quick eulogy. It was a malogy. Um, But who, the question you have when someone does that, is and we all we all feel this. Who do you think you are? Now, who do you think you are is a question that is asked of people, not that they 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 don't have the right status in society. It's that they don't have the right status with me. Because the rest of that question is, who do you think you are? to me that you can say something like that there were probably a couple of men in our church at that time i'm thinking like maurice maybe you know who could have said that and you'd have been like oh maurice and just slapped him there was that maurice just said things to people maurice would would wander up to visitors and i would cut him off Maurice was a talkative man. Maurice, I remember once standing in line at the pharmacy with Maurice. He was in his uh, early 80s at the time. And there was it was me and him and this woman with a shopping cart just full of dog food. Like an odd amount of dog food. And I, as a proper human, saw that and went, that's a lot of dog food. I'm not going to say anything. 
And I looked at Maurice, and Maurice is going. He goes, you sure got a lot of dogs. She goes, yes. Well, Maurice thought he was everything to everyone. He could say anything to anyone, and sometimes he would be hurtful. And sometimes people, people will have comments about you or about someone you love, and you think, who do you think you are to me? that you get to say this to me. And one of the things I love about church, about the community, and it's really just an ideal because it doesn't always work like this, but what I love about what church could be is this little moment that happens in Galatians and it's the end of the passage, uh, the passage we read, but it begins with Paul talking about a confrontation he had. Where he says, and he te- he's telling the Galatian church this, I said this to Peter's face. We got Peter and Paul both both apostles of Christ, both ministers of the gospel. And Paul says to the Galatians, verse 11, it should be on the screen. But when Cephas came to, sorry, I say Cephas, if that throws you, it's not Cephas unless you're from Arkansas. And then it's Cephas. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood self-condemned. For until certain, until certain people from James, uh, came, he used to eat with the Galatians, with the Gentiles. But after they came, after they showed up, he withdrew himself and kept himself separate for fear of the circumcision faction. Now this wasn't like a, like a, like an archery club. This was, um, this, this was a group that believed you had to be, before you could be baptized into Christ, you had to be circumcised into Judaism. It was a, not all of the Jews, it was just a certain group, and it, it caused some tensions in the uh, first century church. And so these guys showed up, and Peter was eating with the Gentiles until these guys showed up, and then he withdrew. Because he didn't, just out of fear of that group. Verse 13 says, and the other Jews joined him in, in this hypocrisy or this pretending, this play acting. So that even Barnabas, Barnabas, who we all love, was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not acting consistently with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, before them all, in front of them all, this feels like a story your like your high school kid would tell you. Like, and I told them in front of everybody. But it's for true. I told before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel the Gentiles then to live like Jews? We ourselves are not we're, we're Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is justified not by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. And we have come to believe in Christ Jesus. 
so that we might be justified by faith or trust in Christ and not by doing the works of the law because no one will be justified by the works of the law. But if in our effort to be justified by Christ, we ourselves have been found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Or Certainly not. But if I build up again the very things that I once tore down, then I demonstrate that I am a sinner, a transgressor. For through the law, I died. And this is our verse. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I that live, but it is Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by, I now live in the flesh. I live by trust or faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if justification comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Okay, the picture is really clear here. He actually tells a story. It's one of the few times in his letters that he says, let me paint you a picture of what was happening and what I said when it happened. He says, I, I saw what was happening and I told them. Now, it wasn't just a simple, hey, you need to come sit back over here where you were sitting. That could have fixed the issue, the, the action. Paul could, or Paul could have just fixed the action by just changing the seating. What was happening is they were, they were abandoning the Gentiles and creating factions within the church. And Paul stood up to them, not by arguing his point, by, but by pointing to Jesus. And remember, remember what Jesus did for you. Remember in Jesus that, that this union is, is, is real, that you live this way, Peter. You live like a Gentile. You live amongst the Gentiles. And then when it's, when the pressure is put on you, you fail. Paul does not say the way you are supposed to be living, Peter, is the way I'm living, although that is true. But he does say that the way of the cross is the corrective to the actions of Peter. The grace we find in Jesus, we can't earn it. We can't earn our salvation. But Paul's frustration with Peter is not that somehow Peter is, is separated from God because of his actions, but his frustration is that you are doing damage to the kingdom of God because of your incompetence. That, that you may not fall away from God because of your hypocrisy, your arrogance, or, or your refusal to sit with other people. But the kingdom of God suffers because you do. Paul says, I said this to his face. Notice he didn't say, you know, and I told Janet that if Peter thinks he can get away with that. I told Ed 
Ed, Peter's just in the wrong. What good would that have done, huh? When we sit together at a table and when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, there are going to be difficult face-to-face conversations. That's going to happen. And I expect it of you to me. Johnny has every right to come into my office and go, this is a horrible idea. Every right. One of the reasons that's true is because I know, and DJ as well, I know that they are not rooting for me to have horrible ideas. You know, they're not rooting for me to fail. They love me. And that I can be vulnerable around them. And that church, in a larger way, that functions of of us looking at each other and being able to look at each other in the eye and say, maybe this is a mistake. And the reason we get to do that is because of who we are to each other. I am so thankful that you guys are who you are to me. I know who you are. You're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and when, when we gather around the table and are filled with the Holy Spirit, there are going to be times where we look across the table or look next to us and go, your face needs some words. But not my words Hopefully, we do this in a way where we say, hey, remember Jesus. Can you start acting a little more like that? And notice it's not arguments. It's not, well, I think the thing that's happening needs to happen in this country. No. Quiet time, quiet time, quiet time. It's a constant reminder of what and who we need to be looking to. It's a constant reminder of this, the king that we worship, the king that we that we exalt, the God that has saved us is worth returning to over and over again. But I'm right. Doesn't matter. Are you kind? But I want my way. Good luck. The way of Jesus often presses hard against the way of man and bends us to righteousness. It is not, the way of Jesus is not a skip through my own personal opinions where I get to thank God I always thought what was the right thing to think. 
And thank God I always did the right things to do and I worshiped the right ways. Oh my goodness, I was just lucky enough to be born into the church. The way of God, when we, when we sit with our family in the name of Jesus, when we are a church that is filled with the Spirit, we are going to look at each other and always be pointing each other back to Jesus in subtle ways and sometimes in very direct ways. But the way that is undermined in churches is waiting till that face is out of the room and ranting about them then. What are you doing? What are we doing? What also happens is we scoot back from the table of the people with whom we disagree, with, from the people that we think are in the wrong. We scoot back and we go, we'll start our own table over here. And how will we ever look more like Jesus unless we are in a community that's challenging us to do so? Unless we're in a community that's difficult. People can look at me and say, I don't think the way you did that is right. And they do that because they love me. When I can look, look at, when we can look at each other and say, hey, 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 I know, I know you're passionate about this. I know this is something you believe strongly, but this is not a Jesus thing and you're saying it in a way that's not a Jesus way. The confrontation of Paul and Peter was a confrontation out of love. And a confrontation that reminded the whole group of grace and our trust in the one who saves us. That takes some work. Because I really like what I think. Don't you? Not what I think, but what you think. You like it, don't you? We love it. Man. I have... Some opinions. And I have some practices. And I have habits. I also have a Savior. And what should rule in my life is not my opinions or my practices or my habits. But what I need to constantly what I need is to be constantly turned back to Jesus and say, is the, is, are the things that Jesus stood for the things I stand for? Are the things Jesus fought for the things I fight for? The things Jesus died for the things I die for? Am I willing to give up myself like Jesus was willing to give up his self? And when we've done that self-examination in the community, sometimes we're just turning to our neighbor and say, hey, could, could you give me some, an honest observation? The world is quick to remind us 
all of us, that Christians are not to judge. And they're right. Right? I mean, you know what? Like, it's not, Jesus, she's pretty clear. Do not judge. Don't look at me, don't look at the world and go, oh, this is, this is awful because, and, and you're condemned and therefore, and so it's, that's not helpful. The way Jesus phrased it was, by the same measure you judge, you, you too will be judged. But I think Christians are often kind of copping out whenever we say, when we use that same language to protect ourselves. Because I'm supposed to be bearing fruit. And I'm going to need you to judge me to make sure I'm looking like Jesus. I'm going to need you to have some sort of evaluation. And I need close friends in my life who I trust to do that. I can walk out of the closet and Rachel can be in our room and she can say, are you going to wear those shoes? And I know what she means. She means those shoes are too good looking for the event we're going to. (laughs) Too stylish. You don't need to stand out. Black shoes with a brown belt is an interesting choice. And I get it. I don't want to be too impressive. Rachel can comment on my shoes. Why? Well, because she chooses to and she can. And, you know, just learned that, like, she loves me enough to go, you have something in your teeth. She loves me enough to comment on me. But the love came first. The community came first. The, in, the, in, in our congregation, that, that takes time to build But there are people in your life, in this room, that are hoping to speak into your life, to point you back to Christ. But we got to ask ourselves who are we? Who do we think we are to each other? See, if the church were a country club, we would walk in with our best on and we would say, oh, well, this is where I belong and um, look, at, look at what we have. And, um, the, and we would, but we also, you don't walk into an actual country club and go, girl, what are you wearing? You know, I don't know that. I don't know if I've ever been in an actual country club. <laughs> Maybe they do that. I don't know. But the, if the church were a cult, we would all look alike. But because it's a community that 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 follows a king, it's a kingdom. 
And what unites us is that we are all following the king. And so when one strays, if I were to stray, if you were to walk off and start following something else, like some like like if you were like, you know what? Jesus is cool, but I'm obsessed with these conspiracy theories online. It takes someone who knows who they are to you to say that's not a Christ. That is. That's not a king. That king is. When you are obviously following something else, and we see you as a community, or you see me as a community, the, the instinct should not be, well, I don't want to judge him. And I may be just speaking for me here, but that's just not what I want from you. I want, at the end of my life, to have followed Jesus all the way there. And if you see me not following Jesus... Tell me. Judge me. Because that's the most important thing I got going. And because I know, I know who you are to me. Church is a community, but it is not a community void of conflict. But the only conflict that we should be engaging in is the conflict that it takes to mold us and shape us into the pattern of Jesus. That, that's, worth some, that's worth having difficult conversations. Jesus says, if you're at the altar and you think of somebody have you ever been doing that, praying, and you think, ah, oh, that person, ah. Just pops in your head, sitting there, maybe silent before God, and one of the things that's getting in, getting in your way is this person. Just put them, you know, I'll put you over here. Just, I'll get to you later. Jesus says, if you're all at the altar, and you think of somebody Notice his words, this is important. Who has something against you. The way we often tell that is if you think of something, you, somebody you have something against. But the way he phrases it is the, who has something against you, leave your sacrifice, go to them, take care of it, and come back. The way we function as a community is, the, is a vital part to our worship. Because what God needs is a united kingdom following Him. Not a passive-aggressive, let's pretend like everything's okay kingdom, but a united kingdom. And sometimes that takes tough conversations. So may God bless you with Courage, clarity. May God bless you with 
the ability to receive. Because it probably won't happen this week. It might happen more than often this week. You might get a call from a stranger in church and be like, yeah, we got to talk. Benjamin said, we got to talk. And you may need to talk. But what I hope you hear this morning is a vision of what the, what the kingdom of God can be. When filled with the Spirit, we are, we, we are the type of people We are the type of people who value the following of Jesus more than anything. That we are willing to do anything to get back to that when we've maybe maybe our attention has strayed. This is not one of those sermons where you say. Well, now come forward because, you know, anyone who needs to come talk to me, probably we don't want to have that in front of the conversation, the congregation. If you've got a problem with Benjamin, come forward and talk to him now. But if you need prayers, we're always willing to pray with you. If you need courage, if you need someone to sit with you while you have difficult conversations. But Jesus is hoping for something better than just We come to church, we stare at the back of each other's heads, and then we leave. Because I can, I can probably exist in church without, like, maybe not following Jesus. I can come, I can show up, I can sit on the pews. I've found that I'm not that great at following Jesus without you guys. Not, I want us to commit ourselves to that. Let's pray together. God, may we be a people who are so committed to following you that and following you together. May we be a church that is ablaze with your Holy Spirit that, that we can see each other clearly and we love each other first, God. May we be a people who can have difficult conversations like a loving family. May we be open to your your pushing us to look more like you, to look more like your son. God, may we be a church, a kingdom, a community that is okay with questions and, and struggles and frustrations but all in the name of Your Son. God, bless us this week. Help us all to look like Jesus. Help us all, as as a community, look like one kingdom that follows the King. It's in Your Son's holy name we pray.
Let's stand and sing together.